This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. Second time in Raven territory. the quarterback and take it 63 yards for the score. Now here's your host, Alex Streisick. Welcome back to Moose's Mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Streisick. That opening audio click was a pick six from C.J. Mosley as the Ravens put it on on Thursday night to the Dolphins with a final score of 40 to nothing. Looking at your standings right now in the NFL, your division leaders are the New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers, a tie between the Titans and Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, and in the NFC, you have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now at the top of my power rankings that you can find at alexanderstryzak.wixsite.com slash Mulligans. Minnesota Vikings are division leader. The New Orleans Saints have taken over. And the Los Angeles Rams, a half game up on the Seattle Seahawks. Woo! Yes! In the NHL, we're going to look at the Tampa Bay Lightning are leading the Atlantic Conference. Uh, Metropolitan leaders are New Jersey. Uh, the Western Conference, so uh, we have in the Central, St. Louis is leading. And then the Pacific, Los Angeles is leading with Vegas at 8-1 and one right behind them. Still incredible that in, that expansion team has now won five in a row. Unbelievable to see what they're doing. All right, woo! Moving over to the NBA, right now the Orlando Magic are 4-1 and one leading the Eastern Conference. They're trailed by the Celtics, who have now won four in a row at four and two. Very proud of them. The Detroit Pistons at four and two, who are they're doing what I thought they'd be doing. And now Cleveland Cavaliers sitting at three and three in a game and a half back with two straight losses. At the bottom of the division, the Atlanta Hawks at one and five, and the Bulls at one and four. And we look at the Western Conference being led by the Memphis Grizzlies at five and one, and they're doing a great job. Right behind them is the Clippers, who just came off their first loss at 4-1, and and the Spurs as well just came off their four, first loss at 4-1. and At the bottom, you got the Mavericks at 1-6, and six, and surprising me a little bit, the Kings at 1-4. and four. Lastly, it's been one heck of a World Series already, as we're tied at 2, going into tonight's game with Kershaw against Keuchel. That will be unreal. The Dodgers are down two games and one, and answered back 6-2 to two yesterday on a five-run ninth inning. That definitely was the breakthrough the Dodgers lineup needed as some of their best hitters like Bellinger finally broke out of their slumps and 100 miles Giles showed the Astros' struggles in the bullpen coming back to life. This will be really interesting to see going forward and we're going to use baseball. We're going to transition. Later, we're going to talk with Mark Berquist. It was recorded on Friday, so you'll hear us talk about how the Astros were up two games to one, and I'll mention that again later. But first, I wanted to talk about somebody in sports that I think goes totally unappreciated, and I want to bring him up right now. 
There's one person that did something incredible, and we really need to take him and others in his position more seriously. I think we take them for granted. What Joe Thomas did was unbelievable, and I'll tell you why. No matter what position you play in the injury-riddled league that is the NFL, 10,363 consecutive snaps and 167 consecutive games started is absurd. Now you factor into his position that it's constantly being pushed by a 300-pound person or he's pushing a 300-pound person himself. It just blows my mind. 60% of offense alignment are listed on the injury report and more than 30% of O-linemen who are starters will miss a start due to an injury. But it's not just the fact that Joe Thomas stayed healthy. It's the fact that he had 10 straight Pro Bowl caliber seasons over this streak. He was a seven-time first-team All-Pro selection, two-time second-team All-Pro selection. He's obviously a walk-in for the Hall of Fame at this point. I mean, if you're a Pro Bowler for 10 straight years on the blind side of a quarterback, even though it's a Cleveland Brown quarterback, anyway, he's been the best at his position and has never missed a rep at his position, which is a value that we can't even put into proportions. And I think we lose sight of that because of a few factors. That first factor is that the offensive line position, as I said, isn't really looked at unless it's criticized for the quarterback getting smushed. When a running back, sometimes I see him get hit five yards up the field before he gets touched, you know, and we we, we usually hear on TV about, oh, his acceleration, he got five yards ahead before he got touched. And I'm watching the offensive line is pushing the D-line in, in, into the bleachers. All right. The second factor I see in this is that Joe Thomas was in a very stacked draft class in 2017. With, well, the exception of Jamarcus Russell, number one of the Raiders, but different story for a different day. Uh, this class had Calvin Johnson, Adrian Peterson, LaRon Landry, uh, Patrick Willis was in it, Marshawn Lynch, Darrell Revis, Lawrence Timmons, uh, Reggie Nelson was in it, Joe Staley, and Greg Olson. You know what? That was just the first round I read you. The third thing that factors into this is this draft. Thomas was taken by the Cleveland Browns. And saying the Cleveland Browns have been struggling over the past two decades is quite an understatement. So we look at the Cleveland Browns struggling, we don't realize how much worse they could even be if they didn't have this solid rock of an unbelievable O-lineman. How much more misery would their fans have been through? So thank you to Joe Thomas. And all the best to him as he heals from his surgery that he had on his left tricep. We want you back as soon as possible, Joe, because of how important you are to the NFL, even if the NFL doesn't notice it. I can guarantee you the Cleveland Browns are definitely going to notice it right now. All right, quick break here on Moose's Mulligans, and we'll be back with that interview we had with Mark Burquist. This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. Just live in the dream. come over it's like i don't know what to expect i gotta be honest i come in it's like a little like i'm trying to get my bearings there's cartoons your mom and it's like you still got it look at her just living the dream i love that you know what i will have some meatloaf let's have some meatloaf you want some i need go hey mom the meatloaf we want it now the meatloaf what's she doing i never know what she's doing back there now here's your host, 
Alex Dreisick. All right, back here on Moose's Mulligans. Facebook.com slash Moose's Mulligans and Twitter.com slash Moose's Mulligans is where you can follow us for the latest info on the show. Also, our official website is alexanderstryzak.wixsite.com slash Moose's Mulligans. You go to Facebook or Twitter, the link is on there. Just one click, nice and easy. All right, we did an interview with Mark Burquist, and I want to make sure you guys got to hear it. It was on Friday night, so the World Series was two games to one when we filmed this. Uh, now it is tied at two. So here's that interview with Mark. All right, with all the managers shuffling around, uh, we're going to bring on Mark Burquist. You know, with names like John Farrell and Dusty Baker getting let go and uh, Girardi's contract not being renewed, it seems like teams are trying to make a move to a different style of managing First, I know you had a fun fact that you saw that you wanted to mention. I do, and I'm trying to find it real quick. Uh, <laughs> it was tweeted by Ken Ken Rosenthal, tw- either tweeted or retweeted, and it was something to the effect of five of the six teams in the American Northeast, so that does not include Toronto, uh, are looking for new managers, and the one team that is not is the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> they retain Buck Showalter, and I didn't realize that until I thought about it in my head. Red Sox and Yankees both are, with getting rid of Farrell and Girardi. Uh, Phillies decided not to renew McCannons. I believe he's they're part of the uh, American Northeast. Uh, the Mets are looking for a new one. And I'm trying to think of the fifth team, and I can't off the top of yeah, I no, yeah, I totally. It, the the Mets just brought in Mickey Callaway, and you know, uh, Red Sox brought in Alex Cora. It's it's a weird time where we've never seen it before, where all those big name teams are making changes. And honestly, I'm I wasn't sure how to react either. You know, and the only thing I could notice in a trend was that people like Dusty Baker and Joe Girardi are known as in your face motivators. They call them. Yeah. And now that these teams are looking to move on, I think. You know, like for the Yankees, the best and safe option is Al Patrick. He's mm-hmm. the current, you know, AAA manager for the Yankees, who's already managed yeah. those baby bombers like Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and you know, there's the risky pick of uh, Tim Narig, who's the current uh, VP of Baseball Operations for the Yankees, who did the D.D. Gregorius trade, but he has no managing experience. And, you know, there's the sexy pick of Don Mattingly if Derek Jeter let him go from the Marlins. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking more of these... Organizations are looking for people like Al Patrick who are willing to listen to the stats and bring these young players up with them. I don't know what your opinion was on it. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I think it's certainly a great idea because I think part of managing is being able to have a relationship with your players. And when you have a bunch of young guys like the Red Sox and the Yankees do, you got to bring in someone who can form that relationship. And obviously it's two different situations with Alex Cora just being young in itself, young in himself, uh, not that far removed from playing baseball. He's the bench coach for the Astros who are in the World Series right now. And look at all their young guys, Correct. you know? Yeah. So that's, but, and then coming from the AAA manager for the Yankees, him being the lead guy, and he knows half the guys that are on the roster already. So it's kind of bridging that gap between having someone who can, Form relationships with the young guys, but also be able to control the older ones. Uh, and I think that's something you're really seeing with the Yankees and and the Red Sox and, and even the Phillies. And I, I'm going to be interested to see um, 
where are the Phillies go with that? Yeah, I know they already were trying to talk to people like Dusty Baker and Joe Girardi, which honestly is starting to look like a rearview mirror mirror thing at this point. And, you know, it'll be interesting yeah. for me. To, I, I'm interested to see it because, you know, for people like Mickey Calway and Alex Cora and whoever the Nats and Yankees hire, there's only so many wins that can go around, especially in the same division. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how quick they are to let, you know, because it's it's going to be quick adjustments. If some of these guys don't succeed right away, it'll be interesting to see how these stat more centered GMs handle this. So I, I don't know how quick they'd pull the plug on these guys. Hopefully they give them a longer leash, but you know how New York is in that Northeast area. They're, they're not very patient. Yeah, you, you don't. If you don't win a World Series, you're you're on the hot seat, and that's just how it's always been with those guys. When when you have the reputation and the history that the Yankees and the Red Sox do, and even even the Mets, uh, it's just you know you're expected to win. The fan base expects you to win, and someone's got to be to blame when they don't win, and that blame usually falls on the manager, and that's why Farrell and Girardi are both out, as well as Dusty Baker. You just didn't win when you need to, and unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think it's the GM's fault, but I don't think that was the Nationals' dilemma no. there. I don't think it was the GM's fault on that one at all. And uh, a lot of it, I look with Girardi, was, I was watching Game 7, I'm sure we all were, and uh, yeah. CC had that sketchy third inning, and I was like, all right, take him out. This is what the GM traded for Canley for and all the bullpen, and Girardi sent him back out there. And it was that solo bomb. I just looked at my mom like, yeah, that's it. You know, just that's yeah. like, it's kind of a sad moment when you can, like, kind of feel a separation between the two and you know that these gms are starting to feel the hot seat as well with all these futuristic things and the yeah. natural showed that it can work so now all these other gms are going to have pressure to be successful as well doing the same thing yeah and it's, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of managerial styles that these managers take on because if you're just looking at you know the 2017 world series in itself you got dave roberts who's a second-year manager, and you got AJ Hinch, who I believe is in his third year. So yeah. that's super quick already in itself. But they managed two completely different ways. Uh, when as we're recording this, Game Three has just ended, uh, and just from looking at the way that they managed their rosters, Dave Roberts almost emptied his bench through the seventh inning. He had one bench bat left, and I believe he made four or five pitching changes. AJ Hinch just stuck with McCullers and Brad Peacock. Let it was Brad beautiful. Peacock. It was beautiful to and, see it again. And it worked out that way. And the way Dave Roberts has managed just worked out for him, obviously, because he's in the World Series. But it's gonna see it's gonna be interesting to see which way ends up winning out. Whether sticking with your guys or trying to quote unquote overmanage. You know? It definitely adds a new sexiness to the game. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Where the managers are more under the spotlight than we ever thought they would be, actually, with literally player-to-player -player decisions, pitch-to-pitch -pitch decisions. This, yeah. this was never a problem for people like, you know, when Joe Torre and Bobby Cox were around. It was a chess match almost the whole game. Now it's pitch-by-pitch. -pitch. Yeah, and it's it's really fun to watch. We're through three games. Astros are up 2-1. There's no way this series goes less than six games, right? <laughs> I'm, you know, it all comes down to Game Five with Kershaw. I mean, it's gonna be a battle of fourth starters coming up here, and I'll highlight on it on the show here. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking it's gonna be a really up to Kershaw if he wants to force a Game Six. I said the Astros in five. I didn't think Kershaw would win the second game, so I'm just gonna had, stick with my guns. I had, I have the Astros in seven. 
I think the Astros are going to lose one of these games at home. It's probably going to be tomorrow. It's it's going to be hard to beat Keiko and Verlander, though. Especially Verlander with the way he's pitched since he became an Astro. Yeah. So, we'll see how Alex Wood does against this Houston lineup. Houston's actually got a really good matchup for a pitcher yeah. of his type. So that'll be really interesting for uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And we'll highlight on this on the show, obviously. We're, we're recording this Friday night. We're so excited to get yeah. this done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming on, Mark, especially early, early call this week. Yeah, my pleasure, Alex. I love it. It's, it's so much fun talking with you about baseball, and I hope everybody else who's listening loves it. All right, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I'm a baseball hot take machine. Uh, my handle is at Marky underscore B underscore 14. Uh, hit that follow button, and I'll, I will burn your feed with hot takes. There you go, Marky B 14 on Twitter. All right, thanks for coming on, Mark. Thanks, Alex. All right, once again, thank you so much to my guest, Mark Burquist. Thanks for listening again this week. Find us on Facebook.com slash Moose's Mulligan, Twitter.com slash Moose's Mulligan, and our official website link is there, alexanderstryzak.wixsite.com slash Moose's Mulligans. That's all we got for you this week. Remember, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Streisak. And we'll see you next week. Enjoy the World Series.